You're listening to episode 21 of the Business Life and Coffee Show, brought to you by Jumpstart HR, LLC. This episode, I'm being joined by an actor and comedian who's a really good friend of mine by the name of Kassan Wilson. Kassan is a one of the bright and up-and-coming stars in the country, and he's a stand-up comedian who's been touring colleges, churches, and theaters all around the country while earning his Bachelor's of Fine Arts in acting from the Howard University. Kassan has started acting and stand-up comedy career that is still garnering him national attention today. In fact, you might have seen him on NBC's Last Comic Standing. As you can imagine, that's got to be a very crazy story, and we're going to jump into that and how it all happened for him. So without further ado, grab a cup of your favorite brew, and let's get started. Joining me today is a very funny guy. If you don't know his name, you definitely want to Google him. Uh, Kassan Wilson. He is a comedian from Jersey City, a Howard University grad, and you definitely have seen him on Last Comic Standing. Uh, but Kassan, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. How about you, man? Thanks for having me. I'm good. I'm good. I'm great. Tell us about yourself and how long you've been in comedy. I have been in comedy years. Um, just a regular dude, stand-up comedian. I, I just love making people laugh and, uh, you know, just doing it for the right reasons and just out here traveling and doing shows and <laughs> just making people laugh. So that's what I really love to do. It's something that uh, it means a lot to me to be able to make people laugh every day and, and go out and do shows. And I'm just really enjoying the journey, man. So I'm just an artist and comedy is my muse right now. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. Nice, nice. So have you were you always the funny kid in school, cracking jokes and everyone's like, Oh, Kassan, you're so funny. I was the class clown. Like a lot of <laughs> a lot of honestly, all right, so here's how it worked, right? So I went to this really strict Christian school uh-huh. where after school on the bus ride home, the bu- I, first of all I was sheltered and privileged. I didn't know it back then, but I was. So I didn't catch like a public school bus. They dropped us off in front of your house. But from the ride from school after school going home, we weren't allowed to talk on the bus at all. Like you could not talk on the bus. Wow. And I, if you did talk on the bus, you got like detention slips. And I got, I have a pile of detention slips to the ceiling because I just would be on the bus. My mom would beat me all the time because I just would just keep talking and making cracking jokes in the back of the bus and making people laugh and passing notes and all this stuff. So I've, I've been a class clown my entire life. I'm not, I, I can't really run from that one. Oh, cool. So you've been a class clown. Did you know, did you always know that you wanted to be a comedian? Um, you know what's funny? I, I don't know how to answer that because I, I don't, I still don't. And what I mean by that is um, I went to Howard for theater and studied acting and, and um, producing and directing and all these other things. And, you know, as an artist, you know, stand-up comedy is a great platform because, you know, you get to really share your own thoughts and write them yourself. But um, there's a lot of other things I like to venture into as well as stand-up comedy. So, you know, producing and directing and writing and acting and Teaching, and these are all things I'm equally passionate about in stand-up comedy. So, yeah, I'm I'm just kind of moving through this thing. So I'm, I'm figuring it out just as, as much as you guys are following. Nice, nice. So comedy is just a part of the journey. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm at nature, not just a stand-up comedian, but a storyteller 
and and stand-up comedy to me is like the purest way to tell your own story. So that's kind of where I am right now. Okay. Now I was reading somewhere um, that you kind of got your start at a comedy club in D.C. where somebody was making fun of your sweater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did your research. All right, yeah. So here's what happened, right? One of my good friends, his name is Haywood Turner Jr. He was hosting an open mic at the old Riot at Comedy Club on 14th Street. And back then in college, I was a horrible dresser, horrible. So like, I was wearing like, like, oversized Paco jeans, but with like, with like the the bell bottom opening at the bottom with like Stacy Adams shoes and like a Coogee sweater. And you thought you were doing it, huh? I thought I was the hottest thing in town. <laughs> and then who even says town anymore? So that's how you know it was bad. So, uh, yeah, I went to a comedy show. They put me front row. I did not see the setup coming. Uh, Haywood, I didn't know him at the time at all. He was just the host of the show. And he went on stage and rightfully burned me. And, uh, yeah, it burned me. And then my friend Kyle, Kyle Jones, shout out to Kyle, um, he he was like, yo, listen, man, if I sign you up for the, if I sign you up on the list to go on stage, will you go and, and get him back? And of course, me thinking that he would never get up there and do it, I was like, yep, go ahead, put me on. If they put me on, I'll go. And uh, oddly enough, he walked like he was going to the bathroom, went to the back, talked to the guy, and ten minutes later, they were like, give it up for to Sam Wilson or whatever they whatever name they said. That wasn't the case on, but. That's legitimately how it started, and I've just been doing it ever since then. I've always admired the ability to tell a well-timed joke. As a, I would consider you a professional. As a professional comedian, what does it take for that to come across so effortlessly? Um, honestly, it's one of the things that my mentor, uh, Al Freeman, said. Um, it really comes from more of a theater perspective, and it's really just point of view and conviction of what you're saying. You know, as a as a comedian, uh, being in that moment of wherever I am in the joke, whether it's sincere happiness or confusion or anger, wherever I am in that place, like in real life, uh, you don't have to act like you're angry. You don't have to act like you're happy. These emotions and, and journeys and places that you are kind of happen organically and they take you to these other places. So... Um, and it's the same thing as an artist in the middle of a joke. The timing literally just comes from whatever place you are. And as an artist, it's my job to be as natural as possible. So, you know, whatever, if I'm completely angry in the middle of a joke, I'm I'm there. I'm all the way there and give myself all the way to it. So it comes off as if you and I were having a conversation. That's really how I try to do it the most, the best. Because people know if it's real or not. If, if it comes off fake, people know it too, so... I try to be as honest as possible. Like if I was sitting down, if I was having a conversation, how would I, how would I, how would you say it? And that's how I want to say it. And for our listening audience, if you want to learn more about Kassan, you can visit his website uh, while we're talking. Uh, it's going to be included in the show notes, but you can check him out at mrkassanwilson.com. That's Mr. K A S A U N W I L S O N dot com. Yeah, that's it. What's What's been your uh, What's been your biggest victory in your career so far? And can you walk us through what happened? Uh, biggest victory. <sighs> um, this is gonna sound really cheesy, 
so disclaimer, but I've done a lot in my career, opened up for a lot of great people and traveled to a lot of great places. Not done yet, but just so far. Um, God has afforded me with the opportunity to do these things. But I, I would say the one thing that meant the most to me is I'm really big on family, and my family really, really, really supports me. And I'm really close with my grandmother. So my biggest victory is interesting that you use that phrase exactly. My biggest victory was the first time I performed in front of my grandmother. And, you know, she wasn't – she always supported me my entire life, but I don't think I could do this without her support and her thumbs up and her blessing. And the first time I performed in front of her, she saw me live. She was like, yeah, I think this is what you should be doing. And that was kind of – that was one of the days where I think I realized that I could honestly take this seriously and do it for a living. So I, I would say that's – out of all of the things that I've accomplished and done to know that the people closest to you who know you and – you know, you know them old, older people. They don't care. They'll tell you about yourself. Like, wait, hey, exactly. you're funny. You need to go get your well, job. Well, well, baby, don't quit your day job. Hey, listen, man. Old, especially the old church mothers with the little mustache on the side. They will let you know. And <laughs> but my grand, my grandmother was like, "Yo, you're funny. You should do it. This is this is what you're supposed to be doing." And I've been performing my whole life, but you know, there's some people who. They want to study theater and they want to do acting. They want to be a model and they just they want to pursue their dreams. But you know, this family like, listen, I'm not paying for you to go study some hobby and blah, blah, blah. but mm-hmm. you know, to know that my family is behind it 100 percent, it makes me want to go even harder to validate how much they believe in me. So I would say that was my biggest victory so far. Nice, nice. Shout out to Grandma. Yeah, shout out to Grandma. <laughs> and uh, you were on the last comic standing recently, which I'm sure your family was very proud of you about doing what was that experience like it was it was humbling and it was quick i try to explain to people how quick it was i filmed the show on monday lost and i was at work on tuesday like literally like it happened really really fast um in terms of the actual experience it was it was one of the greatest experiences of my life because it exposed me to a world that I know I have to work back to get to. And I think that's the place that I was really excited about. You know, because you work, you're in your own scene a lot of times. You know, I'm sure even with what you do, like, there's some things where, you know, you're just used to the, the regular grind of everything. Mm-hmm. And walking into a room and having Wanda Sykes be like, yo, I loved your joke. Like, what? Like having Keenan Ivy Wayne sit there and his job is to listen to you for three minutes. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, this is this is another place. So it, it, it was inspiring to be in a place where I know that I can, not only that people recognize what I do already, like I'm, I'm just a little kid from Jersey City who likes to make people laugh. I didn't come with some we are the world speech or anything. Like I literally just wanted to make people laugh, and to get to that level was super humbling, but it's also inspiring to be like, hey, you know, this was a moment in, in your life, and this could be your life if you work towards it. So it's just a, yeah. a, a, remi- a reminder that I'm not done yet. It's, it's good to be recognized at that moment, but it's not something to hang my hat on. It's something to keep working towards to make sure that's the norm. Yeah, man. It's one thing, like you said, to be in your 
daily grind, whatever it is that you do. Like for me, it's it's podcasting, and it's also, of course, running my HR business. Um, but yeah. when you when you see others that have gone further than you and have gone ahead of you, and to be in that environment and just to sort of soak it all in, like it 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 is motivating. It's encouraging, and it helps you in your thought processes. Okay, like. I have to make these moves. I have to make these decisions. And uh, this is important for me to do. This I can stop doing because it's not important. Like it's just good to learn from yeah. really smart, really talented people. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, everybody started acting weird after I got off the show. And it's just weird. Like, people were seeing me on TV. And I just had, like, family members asking me for money. It's like, how long did you think I was on that show? I didn't create the show. I'm not a millionaire yet. Like I, right. I'm, I'm back at work, so I mean, but and again, you know, running a podcast and running an HR business or making music or, you know, whatever thing that's not a conventional nine to five kind of thing, or even if it is, you know, it's just a reminder. Like I had to go back to work, so it's like, man, I want to get to a place in my life where I can just go to last time and standing, and that is my work. Like I can actually yeah. make a living off of that. So I'm working, man. I'm working toward. It's like a going to the future, and I just want to work towards it. Yeah, I'm sure our listeners want to know what 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 did it take to be picked for the show? Because that I mean, even that's a big deal. You know, how did you get selected? Listen, listen. Nobody believes me when I say this. I don't know. <laughs> listen, all right, all right. So I'm gonna take you through the whole timeline. Is this like a time show? Can I like tell you the whole story? Oh, you're good. We, we've got time. Okay. We've got time. I've never told anybody the whole story, so I'm gonna like, exclusive. I'm gonna tell you the entire story. Okay, breaking news exclusive. Okay, let's go. Yeah, I'm going to try to get through this as quickly as possible, I promise. So I'm literally at work chilling, chilling. I get an email. I get a random email at my business account for booking, in case I'm listening to gmail.com. So let's plug. I get a – Show notes too. Oh, yeah, please. So I get a random email saying, hey – You've been selected for uh, Last Comic Standing Season 9 auditions, to which I automatically say return to spam, like I made a spam off the break. Because Last Comic Standing had always been a American Idol Sunday's Best type where you stand in line and, like, stand in line all day from, like, Easter until, like, Christmas and mm-hmm. wait to get seen and then audition. So when it says something about an invitational, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. No, I'm not getting a virus again. Stop. <laughs> I'm not sending anybody in Africa $2 million so you can transfer it to the bank. I'm not doing any of that. So I deleted it. Then I get a call saying, hey, please let, me, let us, you know, let, oh, no, I got another email, another email saying, hey, you haven't confirmed for the last comic standing uh, invitational at the DC Improv, and it had a date on there. So I was like, okay, now now it's serious because either somebody really wants my money or this is, like, for real. So I go on the DC Improv site, and it actually has last comic standing auditions, and it has, like, comedians to be announced. So I'm like, yo, is this legit? So I respond to the email, like, hey, thank you. Um, I'm confirmed. Please let me know. And I get an email right back saying, hey, prepare three and a half minutes. You'll be at the 1030 show, yada, yada, yada. So I'm like, yo, this might actually be real. A couple of days later, I go back on the improv site, and my name is up there for the 1030 show. 
And it's like, yo, so I'm, like, announcing, like, yo, I'm going to be on Last Comic Standing for the auditions, which I was happy enough to be on because I don't know how. Somebody recommended me to the producers in L.A. to be on the show. I don't know who. I don't know how my name ended up on that list. I don't. Um, so I do. I go to the audition. I'm, like, praying. I'm asking everybody in my life for forgiveness who I've ever hurt. And uh, <laughs> so, and then I look oh, at the roster. Girlfriends. Yo, listen, I just want to say I, thought I was wrong. I, I, listen, I did it. I, I, will pay, I will pay for your next date with the man of your choice. Please forgive me. So no, I go no Groupons, in. though. No, no Groupons, though. No, no, no. We Straight definitely don't Groupons. No, no, we don't. No, we, we don't Groupons. You bugging on that. Uh, <laughs> Um, No, but all right, so I look at the roster for both shows, and it's like a who's who of comedians, of people that I was admiring when I first started. Mm -hmm. Like like Joe Recker is on the same show as me. Like Joe Recker, like Joe Recker is a comedian, comedian, 20, 30 years in the comedy game. He won BET's coming to the stage. Like he's just like a veteran of the game. And he's in the same room. I got. I've, I'm in the same room as him, which is like a, it has nothing to do with like a kind of a pet on the bed. It's just like whoa, like what am I doing here? So I go and do auditions. The show is cool. Everybody has a great set. So it's not like I had this great great feeling about it. They, it wasn't like a judges are there and nobody's there. Legitimately, there's a intern in the back of the room who's filming everybody's set. As soon as the show is over, they're like, thank you guys for coming. They close the camera. They leave. We all go home. If you're selected, we'll let you know. Cool. So as far as I know, the callbacks are in a comedy club in New York. And I'm starting to see people on Facebook like, hey, I got a callback to New York. I got a callback to New York. It's like two months later. So I'm like, all right, bet. Well, I guess I just didn't get it. It's cool. I'm grateful to just to be able to say that somebody thought enough of me to put me in a room where I can audition to be on that level. And I wasn't surprised because everybody else had a great set that night. Cool. I'm good. I'm all the way good on this. I get a call from an unlisted number. Now, this is how you know it's God. Because I answered it. I'm, like, anti-answering the phone calls of telemarketers. Like, I'm, I'm never going to do that. If for some reason I, I just saw an unlisted number and I actually hit, like, answer it, which it's quite unique. So I answered it, and it was like, hey, this is such and such from Last Comic Standing. How are you? I immediately hung up. I don't know why I hung up, but I think in my head, I just didn't want them to tell me thank you for auditioning, but you didn't make it. I just right, didn't want to hear it. That thanks yeah. no thanks. Yeah, I just had like this dumb fear of rejection for some reason. That's why I hung up on a network executive from NBC. It was just, it was retarded. But I answered the, the call back from another unlisted number, and I said, hello, and they said, hey, this is, uh, you know, from last time extended. And mind you, two months have passed. They already have the date for the call back in New York. If the roster's full, I'm like, all right, that their, their audition has come and gone. So I'm like, I'm taking this call. So I'm like, hey, how you doing? And they say, hey, we want to invite you to the network executive callback in Los Angeles. And so I'm like, what? 
And they're like, yeah, so there's a regular comic callback where they do another round in New York, but then there's a network, like a stream, like a network executive where you perform in front of the producers personally in Los Angeles. Um, when are you able to come out? They, we booked the ticket right there over the phone. A couple weeks later, I'm in L.A. auditioning for NBC executives. So in my head, when I'm doing this executive audition, I'm like, all right, listen, the executive producers are uh, Wanda Sykes. And, like, it's just like these are, like, these amazing people. Mm-hmm. And Ms. Page is a part of it as well. And it's like, okay, I'm going to wear a Howard sweatshirt since Wanda went to Hampton. And maybe if she sees the tape, she'll be like, oh, another young brother in the struggle. Right. So, HBCU. So, yeah, I'm like, and you know, from DC, she went to Hampton. I went to Howard. Let's let's see if we can make something happen here. In the middle, uh, as soon as I walk on stage, I hear Howard University, and I look in the back, and Wanda is back there already, which is like pressure on. Do my set. I hear back a week later. Welcome to Last Comic Standing Season Nine. That's legitimately how it happened. And so when I say I have no idea how it happened. Like, literally, just the, all the train tracks came together, yeah. and I ended up having one of the greatest experiences of my life. That's really exciting. Yeah. And that's a, you know, I'm sure you had your YouTube videos up there. I know you are a big, big networker, and you've you've done a lot of shows. And, you know, for the audience, um, the people that are artists, or if you're a speaker or if you're an actor, whatever you do, you know, it's a testament to put your stuff online. You can't be afraid to show your material um, because somebody found you somehow, some way, and you were able to be considered credible because of what you had online. So, it's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the honest truth. I mean, honestly, who we are as artists is we're, we're just public contractors. Like, we, we're contracted to do, if nobody calls us, we don't work. So, <laughs> the more people you have to call you, the more you work. It's, Legitimately, that simple to me. So, um, you know, I'm just grateful for all the opportunities I have to share what I do. So, yeah. Right. So, yeah, you you mentioned comedy being an art, um, but there's also a business to it. Mm-hmm. And so, what do outsiders not know about the business of comedy that you'd like to share? Um, what would I like to share about it? Um. Or even I for a, a young comic starting out, what do they need to know about the business? You need to never, like, all right, so I'm a firm believer in this, and this may sound super boring or cliche, but there are a lot of lessons in life that are so important that even though you've heard them a million times, you still need to adhere to them. One is just meet as many people as you can. Like, know, it really is who you know kind of thing. Like, the more people you know, the better. And then don't burn bridges you don't have to. Like, just just don't burn bridges you don't have to. And that's honestly what has helped me throughout this entire thing is making sure that I'm, I'm not, not necessarily a friend of everybody's, but, you know, you keep a nice working relationship with people, network, get to know people, and get over. Sometimes you really have to understand if what you're doing is complacency or something that's out of fear for real. 
because it's like what's stopping you from emailing people and, and talking to them and, and finding out, you know, you know, working with people. So, like a lack of money stops a lot of people from being great because they believe that they don't have it. And it's like that's not not having money. Money is just a resource, and there's so much that you can do. You can film videos. You can get your stuff out there. Like just get your stuff out there, and somebody will see it, even if it's just a matter of you working out your craft and being better and, and working your way up so that when you get the big thing that you're better at it. But I think you – I mean, I – that's tremendously just help me. Just do it. Yeah. Just trust your instincts and, and do it. Like that's if you're an artist, then artists create. Artists aren't necessarily the people who sit on the sidelines all the time. Artists are meant to create. So why not create? Yeah. Yeah. So what's in your future for twenty sixteen? Uh hopefully being alive. That would be nice. Um <laughs> uh paying my rent on time. That's a big goal of mine. Um uh, actually, uh, have uh, usually every year we produce two shows um, as a part of our personal season. Like we produce two shows, comedy shows. Um, this year we're actually going to do six. So we're going to produce six comedy shows. We already have three of the theaters booked for this year. And uh, first one is May 28th. Uh, second one is July 31st. We're just going to be doing a lot more shows this year and producing ourselves. A lot of different kinds of shows. Uh, we're going to be hosting a poetry show. Uh, we're going to be doing some traditional comedy shows. So we're really just going to try to do some different things and expose some some new and fresh artists out here in the DMV, and um, and really do it up. So that's what a, that's what a, that's what you're going to see at a case on Wilson. You're going to see a lot of different art this year, a lot of different shows, a lot of different shows, and just a lot of fun, man. It's going to be a lot of laughs. If y'all come out to these shows, we're going to make it happen. Okay, great. And where can we find more about your shows, and where can people find you online? Uh, Blackplanet.com. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> yeah, MySpace, uh, backslash. Nah, um, you can find me on my website, MrKSonWilson.com. If you just have a night out, Friday night, don't have your kids with you, just hanging out, you and your friends want to come out to something, want to know what's going on in the kind of decent, uh, recent uh, near future, Check me out, Facebook, Kason Wilson, or my page, Mr. Kason Wilson. Uh, Instagram, I post all of my shows at the life of K-A-Y, the life of K-A-Y, Instagram, Twitter, all of those things. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's where we're at. Okay. And any parting thoughts that you want to share with the audience? What did you say? Any final words that you want to share with the audience? Yes. Uh, this podcast is dope. Uh, listen to the ones before and after this because uh, this guy is doing some amazing things. Um, honestly, I'm just a kind of person where I'm just out here doing it. I don't know what the end game is. I don't know. I just believe in the stories that I'm telling and wanting and trying to make it happen. So if you're out there, um, the only reason why I'm doing this interview is because I didn't – I chose to let go of my fear and do it. And I think you can do the same. That's really all I would say. Yeah, and I appreciate the the kudos, man. There's a mutual respect for for your craft, and I've I've seen you live, so I know you're funny. I can vouch for this guy, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, thank um, you. And yeah, and, and one of the reasons why I actually launched this podcast is letting go of my fears as well. Um, so that's two of us telling you guys out there: if you're holding on something and you're fearful about it. 
There's nothing to be afraid of. Just go ahead, have a plan. Even if you don't have a plan, just get something out there. Get your art out. Get your content out, and you never know where it'll take you. Yeah, man, listen. Failure will never feel as bad as regret. Ah, that's a good one. Failure will never feel as bad as regret. That's a T-shirt, man. Yeah, <laughs> we'll work on that one. When we get off yeah. the air, we'll work on it. All right, all right, all right, cool, cool. Well, uh, this has been another episode of the Business Life of Coffee podcast. Uh, Kassan, thank you for joining us today, and we'll post all your social media links in the show notes as well as your website. Um, Sounds great. Just for clarification, you do uh, comedy across the U.S., right? Not just yeah. in the email or Virginia area. Okay, so if you're looking to book a funny comedian, he does travel, so make sure you uh, get him some shows for 2016 and 2017 or beyond. Thank you. All right. See you, man. Take care. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. This has been another episode of Business, Life, and Coffee, the only podcast that simulates the experience of having coffee with a mentor, industry expert, or fellow colleague. If you've enjoyed this episode, Give us a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read your comment on an upcoming show. You can find show notes, episodes, and resources for your career or business at businesslifeandcoffee.com. If you have a topic that you want to learn more about but don't have time to grab coffee with an expert, email us at info at businesslifeandcoffee.com and tune in for that topic on a future episode. Also, you can reach me at Twitter at JVPSaid. This is Joy Price signing out, and I'll see you next week. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at, only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems? Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups, and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at JumpstartHR. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together.